Hello and welcome to the Emerald Expressions podcast where we use words to polish a gem that is the human mind. <clears throat> I'm your host, Jaira, the Emerald Emissary. Um, okay, so I'm trying something new where I just pick a topic, share my opinion on said topic uh, to help me sort of keep a more regular upload schedule. Um, I don't, there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff that I have to do. Um, to sort of set up and create the podcast episodes that you guys hopefully enjoy listening to. Um, and with me having uh, work and um, some other personal stuff uh, that's been occupying my occupying me for the last uh, few weeks, uh, I haven't really had time nor the motivation to really sort of want to do that sort of work. So uh, rather than doing uh, these sort of discussion type episodes that I've been doing pretty much for every episode so far, except for that Q&A episode, I'm going to do a few of these uh, sort of just uh, it's sort of I guess you could call it either edutainment or I guess solo talk uh, episode type deals where I just, like I said, I pick a topic and I talk about it. Um, uh, and that'll help me sort of cut down on the effort and the time needed to record an episode. So hopefully that'll help me sort of even out the, the schedule, make it a little bit more consistent. Uh, I started the show as a hobby and to pass the time, but I don't want to have that fun drained out by having it feel like a job or, you know, another stress on top of things that I already have stressing me out, that kind of thing. Um, so I would appreciate feedback on this episode. Let me know if you uh, enjoyed this sort of style and what I can improve. Um, this episode is sort of set up as like a, um, I guess you could say, uh, an essay, uh, audio essay or a speech sort of, um, I've sort of had written, excuse me, I've written a few things, um, and I'm just gonna, I'm gonna let you guys know how I'm feeling about this topic. Okay. So I don't want this show to be too political in the sense that like every week we're coming to uh, political topics and that kind of thing. Um, that being said, I won't shy away from discussing important issues. Um, because yeah, like I said, this podcast is an out, excuse me, an outlet for me to discuss things that I find important or interesting. And, um, being a, the sort of nerd I am, I do find politics in general interesting, but uh, this is this topic, especially I have feel like I have to sort of uh, put my it's, a, it's sort of allowing me to put my thoughts together that I've been having for a while. Um, for anyone who's been listening to the podcast for a long time, you sort of heard bits and pieces of this sort of what I'm going to go into. Um, there are certainly new elements that I'm going to add to it because recent events have uh, necessitated me, um, sort of, I guess, laying my, my cards on the table and 
and really talking about something that I've noticed uh, that's really important. So, unfortunately, we have to discuss Trump and the effects of his rise to power. So, the events of January the 6th have shown that we can no longer ignore the deep-seated rot that's sort of rooted to this country's very existence. Um, can a country that was built on equality, in, excuse me, built on inequality masked as egalitarianism uh, in elite, elitism from the start truly make lasting changes that benefit all? Uh, and do those in power truly wish for that to happen? Uh, the next four years and beyond will sort of test these hypotheses. Um, but before that, we need to look to the past. Um, excuse me. But before we look to the future, we must sort of reckon with our past. And I say our in sort of the a general sense. But um, in my opinion, this this situation that we're currently find ourselves in, uh, it honestly, uh, is rooted and has been building since the reconstruction period of the 1870s. Uh, for anyone who's not a major history buff like myself, uh, the reconstruction period was a period in the late 1870s, right after the civil war where the United States had to sort of rebuild itself from absolutely tearing itself apart and like fighting for four years. Obviously, if you have a war with people who you considered quote unquote your country, your countrymen only a few years later, excuse me, a few years previously, there, there's sort of all kinds of issues that linger after. And it's not really an easy, uh, what's the word? Easy situation to remedy. But that being said, they attempted to patch together our country. Uh, they, excuse me. The attempt to patch together our country was like putting a Band-Aid on a broken leg. To sort of uh, summarize what the events of an entire decade, uh, just for uh, expediency and focus, uh, the basic... Uh, what's the word? The basic concept was that to expedite the reintegr the reintegration of the Confederacy into the Union, it was decided by the United States government at that time they would extend wholesale amnesty to former soldiers and the leaders of the Confederacy. So, rather than being liable for treason, which literally was what they did, what they did was treason. Anyone that tells you differently does not know. Either they either don't know what treason is or they're willfully ignorant. They're choosing to sort of portray things. What is a factually correct as sort of a hero worship or tradition or whatever. What the Confederacy did was treason. And the reason they did it was to fight for slavery. Any other answer that anyone might tell you is bullshit. Either they've been brainwashed by their region, their family, their tradition, 
or they're bullshitting you. They know it's bullshit and they they're insulting your intelligence. Anyway, back to the topic I was saying. So they extended amnesty to these people who literally a few years, a few years ago, were trying to start their own country and just for slavery. Uh, So, yeah, turns out giving a bunch of former slave owners uh, and soldiers that fought to keep slaves uh, complete amnesty. Yeah, that didn't really end up too good for black people. Uh, That led to the establishment. Oh, oh, I'm I completely missed a part. But uh, during the Reconstruction, the Union had kept uh, soldiers like the Union soldiers occupying the South to sort of uh, as the peacekeepers and to enforce the 13th, 14th and 15th Amendments, which gave uh, slaves the right to vote, uh, freed them from slavery, obviously, but also made it so that the they had the right to vote and um, anyone that was born in the United States is a U.S. citizen uh, to give you a basic rundown of those three amendments. Um, but they had soldiers in the South enforcing these things. And as this part of the compromise to end this reconstruction um, was they pulled out these soldiers that were basically there to make sure things the South didn't, you know, renege on their promises to not treat black people like literal gutter trash um, to sort of uh, make it easier for them like in the north because like it's it's not easy having soldiers uh, constantly deployed in your own country and also it's it's hard to really feel like you're the same uh, citizen when you have soldiers posted on every street corner um, sort of as like from the perspective of like the southerners so they pulled out the soldiers as part of this compromise and they gave amnesty to the former Confederate soldiers and the former Confederate leaders, which then led to the establishment of, you know, the Ku Klux Klan. Uh, you know, the led to the, the Jim Crow laws being passed and segregation for the next um, 1860 to the 1960s, next century. Um and also led to the establishment of the Nazi party in the United States. Yeah, uh, they don't really tell you about this in the history books, but yeah, the United States had their own branch of the Nazi party in the 1920s and 1930s before we went to war with Germany. Yeah, the the media sort of likes to portray it, uh, this sort of neo-Nazi movement as something that's brand new and endemic of our societal rot and how we were, were giving up the ideals of the greatest generation that fought against Nazis. Um, yeah, that's, that's sort of bullshit. It's, Nazis have been in America since the concept of Nazism was a thing. Uh, but the media doesn't really talk about that because it's, it doesn't really fit the narrative that they want to do um they want to seem like yeah we were the big great guys we we beat up the nazis we we stopped japan and their imperial uh land grabs so that's sort of the image that i guess it's not our grandparents uh generation but our 
for maybe some people, but our grandparents and great great grandparents generation, they sort of wanted to portray themselves as the greatest good, i.e. why they named themselves the greatest generation, which is like the most egotistical thing I've ever heard. And yet the millennials and Zoomers are are narcissists. Anyway, <laughs> that's a side note. But yeah, Nazism has been a part of United States uh, political discourse since Nazism was a thing. Um, for more than 80 years. Uh, so uh, it's sort of disingenuous how the news media have portrayed uh, the outright and these Nazi uh, leaning organizations popping up as just some brand new thing. No, they've been here for a while. They've been here pretty much as long as Nazism has been a thing. And unfortunately, it seems like they will continue to be here for a a long time. Um, They're not going anywhere. So just ignoring them and sweeping it under the carpet doesn't really do anything. Uh, In fact, in fact, it uh, leads to more harm because, like they said in history class, uh, to truly make a difference, to truly change the future, one must learn from his past. And if you don't acknowledge your past, can you truly learn? Anyway, um, there's a lot of history to dissect, but in the interest of time and focus, again, I'll instead jump ahead about, uh, I guess, 70 or so years to the election and presidency of Obama. Um, This isn't really Obama's fault, but before anyone thinks I'm blaming Obama for the current state of events that we're going through, unfortunately, it's not really his fault. It could have been really any any black man. Uh, He just happened to be the one. But a black man being elected president of the United States um, at the time, uh, the media, uh, people, people of color, we really thought, hey, we're taking great strides. A black man can be president. We can do anything like we're 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 on the right path. Um, and of course, the more base, dark, dank, stanky elements of the United States saw that and they were like, oh, the winds are shifting. It is our time to move. We cannot let this happen. So, yeah, the <laughs> uh, yeah, they we really it was really portrayed as a stride towards true egalitarianism, which is you know basically the the root uh, hypothesis and the root um, ideology that the country is supposedly built on and striving towards. Um, But yeah, that didn't happen. Uh, Instead, America, which decided to ignore these more terrible elements like the Ku Klux Klan, the neo-Nazis, all these other things. Um, They weren't called incels at the time, but there's the concept has been there for a while. These incels, um, uh, they decided hey, before, well, uh, let's knock down this 
uppity black man before he gets really gets to do anything. We we gotta put them back in place. We got them set them back in place before they think they can really do anything of note that there really are equals. You have to show them that they're not. Because as a racist will is known to do, uh, they can't let a perceived quote unquote lesser than them do better than them. A black man is president and I'm I'm living a shitty life in a shitty house with a shitty wife and shitty kids. Nah, that can't happen. Uh Oh, going to a shitty job? Or maybe not even having a job. Anyway, uh, we can't allow that this black man to challenge the hegemony of the true ruling elite. So they did what they always do. Uh, They used lies, they used deceit, and they fomented distrust uh, and fear in Obama by using... conspiracies about his true heritage, religion, how he's going to destroy this country to rattle the the more racist and disenfranchised whites and others who could see that they're a dying breed. Now, I say that they're a dying breed. I say this more as a hopeful thing. Hopefully they're a dying breed. Uh, The last four years have showed uh, what I thought was a dying breed is apparently far, far from extinct. There's a lot of them. Anyway, um, I digress. Uh, They used these conspiracies uh, to mobilize the Tea Party movement, which in retrospect, we should now look at as the proto, uh, the sort of forebears of the QAnon movement and the Trump, Trumpism, Trump, Trumpies. Outrights, the Proud Boys, whatever you might want to call them. The racist dickheads. Uh, the Tea Party movement was basically them light. The the people that are who say racist shit, but then go out in public and act like they're not racist. Uh, the Trumpies instead know they're racist, tell you they're racist, and act racist. I, I to be to be honest. Side note: uh, I prefer the enemy I can see over the enemy I can't see. I feel like the Trump, the Tea Party people are a lot more disingenuous and a lot harder to battle. Like the Ted Cruz's and the Mitch McConnell's and the Lindsey Graham's of the world are a lot worse than Trump. Well, comparatively, Trump Trump is really fucking terrible, but they are a lot worse because they will lie to your face while thinking the same exact thing that Trump said thinks. He just says it to you. He doesn't give a shit. Because what if the fuck are you going to do to him? I'm a white male. They think the same thing as him, but they're sneaky about it. And that's that's way worse in my opinion. But we, we, we shall discuss this more. Um, and back back going back to what I was saying, the Tea Party movement, uh, one of the people who was spearheading these sort of uh, racist and illogical and bullshit conspiracies was none other than Mr. Donald J. Trump himself. The piece of shit was there at the forefront of the birtherism, uh, birtherism and uh, birtherism conspiracy where they basically challenged uh, Obama's heritage because his dad was an African. They said, nah, 
no way a black man could be born in America. Not like there's been 400 generations worth of fucking black men born in America. He must be born somewhere else. He can't be born here. (sighs) Fucking idiocy. Anyway, so he did this. He won a live television. He led... He's like, we're looking into his birth certificate. I'm sending the best guys. I got investigators in Hawaii, blah, 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 blah. He knew for a fact this shit was bullshit, but he was testing the waters. He was sort of seeing, A, what he could get away with, uh, and B, he was putting out his feelers to the sort of people that he knew would support this kind of thing. He was seeing if there was enough support. He was... I mean, as much of an idiot as we portray him in the media, and he is an idiot, like, that is true. But he, people sort of downplay the craftiness in this man. He, he is crafty. Like, he's an idiot, but that doesn't mean he's, you, there's two things can be true. You can be an idiot, and you can be a crafty motherfucker. He knew that he was sort of planning this uh, political movement he, he was reaching out his feelers to see how much support he could gather. In like 2012, he didn't feel like he had that support. But by 2016, he th- after years and years of doing all kinds of heinous shit to sort of feel out the crowd, he felt he had enough crowd, which unfortunately for us, he had enough crowd. The crowd was in the majority, but he had just enough. Anyway... Anyways, moving on towards <laughs> to continue along with my point. Uh, he knew he was going to he knew he wanted to have this sort of power grab. Like, and like any any dictator uh, in training uh, knows you have to consolidate your power. So he did this by going on slanderous rants, uh, attacking all all sorts of people for no little or no reason and sort of building himself up the more he was on the more wild toxic excuse me wild and toxic bullshit he said on twitter the more media coverage he got the trump played the media like a fucking fiddle for literally a decade and no one really like likes to talk about that like they mention it occasionally but like they, a lot of them mention it more in the sense of like him and his direct run to presidency and then after the presidency. They don't really like to admit that this man has literally been working on this plan for probably more than a decade and they fell right into his lap. Like they did exactly what he needed to do. He said some wild out outlandish shit. They would put him on TV like, ah, ha, 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 look at this dumb, wild, outlandish shit that he's saying. Not knowing that they were broadcasting a dog whistle to the people, the very people that Trump was trying to reach out to. Um, a dog whistle is basically where you say something that's to like most people would be innocuous, but it really is like a signal to the sort of people uh, that you like that you're sort of going for. Like, the outright loves themselves some dog whistles. Uh, like, they'll do certain hand gestures that really, um, to a normal person, looks like a regular, like they're moving their hands, but means some all kinds of crazy, terrible, fucking disgusting shit. 
Like they'll say phrases like that is what a dog whistle is. It's sort of a calling card to people who who are like minded for when you don't want to be that guy that's spewing racist shit um, just out out in public. I mean, it's dog whistles can be dog whistles can be used in other like contexts, but like in this particular context, it's you're saying racist shit, but you don't want to say overly racist shit. You're basically signaling, hey, I'm one of you guys. Join me. So he was doing this for years and years and years, um, setting up his power and, you know, sort of creating his cult, uh, which Trumpism is a cult. Like, it's literally like (laughs) it's insane watching these interviews of these people um uh because like the 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 shared devotion they show to this man is like it's reminiscent of seeing uh the people who were at jonestown which unfortunately was based in my home country of guyana fuck that man for life he literally like one of the most uh, notable events that happened in my home country was the assassination of a United States senator, the only person U.S. congressman to be killed in active duty, and also fucking Kool-Aid man who killed that senator. Fuck that guy. That's a side note because, like, I, I, it's... <laughs> uh, I, I, I've been having so many tangents, but, like, you guys are used to it. This is how I, this is sort of my stream of thought way of talking. Uh, You guys are used to it at this point, probably. Anyway, back to what I was saying. Trump set these people up, set the media up, and they took took his shit hook, line, and sinker. And he built his base for years and years before he felt he had enough. Okay. Uh... He knew that uh, there was enough uh, uh, proto-fascist and just outright racist populism in this country for him to build a groundswell and lead him to the power that he wanted for all for various reasons. But mostly to prop up his shitty, shitty, shitty business, which is just, oh, my God, it's sheer griftery. Uh, and we sort of, like I said, we sort of on the left, we sort of played right into his hands. We let, we let him off in the words of the famous, uh, former NFL coach, Danny Green. Uh, we knew exactly who were, we knew exactly who they were and we let them off the hook. We let them off the fucking hook. We saw this shit and we sort of treated them as, oh, look at these idiots. They look at these Trumpies like they don't make any sense. Look at these racist, dumb hicks. Oh, my God. They oh, there's no way this could ever happen. Like the entire campaign, this man was just sheer vitriol, just mocking everyone and anyone from political opponents, even his allies on the same side. This man said that Ted Cruz's father ordered JFK's assassination. And guess what Ted Cruz did right after the Donald Trump 
won the primary, started suckling at the teeth because that man has no spine. But anyway, he did said all kinds of horrible shit the entire campaign run. And this man literally said, I could walk down the street and shoot anyone and my supporters will still vote for me. And that motherfucker was right. They'll still vote for him. Like I said, it's he has built himself a cult. He he doesn't have political support because like a regular politician, they they work off of public opinion and or what they can get in terms of contributing, excuse me, campaign distributions or contributions from major donors. So depending on the politician, they have a balance of big money from somewhere, whether it be account companies, rich friends, someone who wants to call in favors later on, and the people. That's sort of what the American political system is based off of. If you have one but not the other, you're sort of you're sort of asked out. But this man knew that no matter what he said, people his people would vote for him. Like if a politician said half of the shit that John Trump said, they would never win anything. They would be laughed out of politics. But he knew he was wise in the sense of he built up that fanaticism in these people to the level of, like I said, a cult. They they will believe anything he said, hook, line, and sinker. They'll believe literally anything as long as it supports their aims. You can lie to them straight to their face and they'll say, thank you. Thank you for lying to me because that's sort of what they need. They need to feel that sense of belonging, that sense of, hey, I'm not just a piece of crap. Like someone actually treats me like I'm important. Okay, so uh, we fell asleep on the job and neglected to address the warning signs nor patch the cracks that were forming in our society right in front of our eyes and somehow were caught unawares when the dam finally broke and they made their last stand to not lose their privilege baked into the system. Um, we had to stop underestimating just how powerful nonsense, fear, doom, and gloom can be to a certain subsect of the American population. Um, we, for too long, we've been, like I said, treating them like dumb hicks. They don't matter. The fuck are they talking about? They'll never have enough support, or they'll never have this, or the uh, whatever. Like, we've been treating them basically like trash. I mean, in a sense, they sort of are trash. Some of them. Actually, fuck it. All of them. I'm, I'm not going to be that. Oh, there are some good people. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if you choose to willfully vote for someone who is openly racist, openly fascistic, who literally incited an insurrection, um, at this point, I don't care. You're trash. But that being said, we ignored them and decided they had no power. No, they they still have a lot of power. We underestimated just how many of them were there were in this day and age. And there's a lot of them, uh, 65 million of them in a country of 300 million. Just, just think about that. Um, <laughs> it's 
fucking horrific. It's uh, basically a sixth of the population. Wait, am I, is my math correct on that? I'm not the best at math, so don't quote me on that. But basically, uh, about a fifth or a sixth of the population. Excuse me. A sixth, nearly, a, nearly a. Is that four? I believe it's roughly like a quarter of the population uh, of this United States believes in racism and Trumpism. So, you know, or in enriching themselves, because that's really what Trump was. That's his actual ordeal. Uh, he just said all that other shit to bring in that the groundswell. But his his real uh, aims was always to enrich himself and his cronies. Um, which they did, but, uh, we can no longer, for years, we, we just, uh, looked down on them, stood in our moral high ground, acted like, oh, these people don't matter. They, they'll never have enough, uh, cohesion or power to actually affect any real change. And we got sucker punched. Because we were looking the other direction. Um, uh, We can no longer afford to just coddle and cater to the entitled, mostly white sense of victimhood and oppression. Uh, We've seen time and time again how detrimental that can be. Uh, for, for, For far too long as a country, we've chalked these cases of armed gunmen attacking the very institutions that make... Uh, us American, like our schools, our post offices, our theaters, etc., as a work of a few deranged minds, ignoring that these sickening acts of domestic terrorism have grown more and more common to the point that there could literally be a mass shooting today. And by tomorrow, that will no longer be news. People will move on with their life as if nothing happened. That's how common these acts have become. We've become desensitized to mass murder because it happens so often. It's not a fluke when a man go or a woman or a group goes out with automatic weapons and uh, extended ammo clips, extended clips with a hundred rounds and just shoots up a place. That happens every, literally almost every day in the United States there's, there's a mass shooting. Well, up until... Uh, Corona, which that's his own ball of wax. Uh, I'm not, I didn't even, I didn't even talk about, right? I mean, I didn't even write down the, the effects of Corona and Trump's malfeasance in terms of that entire saga. Because, like, bruh, Trump has done so much wrong that I don't even have time <laughs> to just uh, sort of collect. All of his shit that he's done wrong. But anyway, uh, my, back, back to my point. We can literally have a mass shooting every day in this country. And people treat it like it's normal. Instead of uh, working to restore the mental health care uh, facilities that were gutted by Reagan-era politics, instead of uh, working to create gun reforms that make it so that people who should not have guns do not have access to guns instead of sort of 
keeping sort of keeping these people in uh, accountable, making these people accountable for their actions. We embolden them uh, instead of reversing the growing inequality gap that increasingly disenfranchises these peoples and and radicalizes them. Um, we sort of just ignored it. I mean, I won't say that there's been no attempts to work on these things. There have been, but they've all been blocked by the GLP and the Tea Party movement. Because guess what? They want these people to be disenfranchised. These disenfranchised people are the only people that will vote for them because they're uninformed or they're, they're just mad at life. And like, they want to feel better than someone rather than they're, they're disenfranchised to the point where rather than wanting to improve their lot in life, they'd rather just be better than someone else. It's not my fault that I, I have no job, job opportunities. It's these damn Mexicans coming across the border. It's these damn Indians or it's these damn blacks or it's these damn Native Americans or it's these damn whatever. They 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 want to point a finger at someone. It's these damn uh, uh, pedophile child kidnapping trafficking uh, cabals, which is literally what QAnon believes. Um, QAnon believes that Trump has been building a case and that one day he will strike down all these Illuminati slash politicians slash left leaning slash celebrities, like all these major powers. He's working. He's going to take him down. That's that's what QAnon is. That's sort of the thought patterns these people open, open themselves up to. Uh, it sounds like nonsense because it is nonsense, but it's nonsense that comforts them. And we sort of like been acting like, oh, it's nonsense. There's no way they'll believe in nonsense. It's clearly nonsense. Um, just because it's clearly nonsense doesn't mean it's, it doesn't have power. Um, we, like I said, we've been underestimating how powerful these sort of things can be. And we've allowed ourselves to sort of look down on these people and not treat them with the gravitas that we need to treat them. Um, not, I'm not saying that we should uh, just bow down and allow these people to do whatever they want, but like we needed to take them seriously and we did it. And that has led to the actions that they take now. Um, The idea that all of our problems are the result of the actions of a few bad apples instead of endemic to a system that was literally built to keep a few elites atop the mountain of power with a few overgrown back trails uh, that a few stragglers can make it to the top. Like literally, the mountain is built on top the backs of others and they don't want you to get to the top. They want to keep it their little boys club or their little girls club or their little whatever club. Um, they'll let a few people in, a little bit of new blood, but they can't allow us to truly uh, even the score and make things more egalitarian because then 
what power would they have? They don't want to lose their power. And we allowed them to play us off against each other. These few rich elites, these few political crone uh, powerhouses that we have allowed them to sort of play us against each other and distract us from like the true, um, what's really truly going on. And like I said, we've underestimated these people uh, who have been feeling sort of hopeless. Um, and that's led us to where we are now. Uh, there's nothing more dangerous than a cornered animal. And the last 150 or so years of even a gradual shift towards uh, tipping the scales towards civil rights, uh, anti-sexism, uh, anti-homophobia, like these sort of evening of the scales has scared the shit out of these people and they no longer feel like they have a place to belong and a man with nothing to live for will die for anything as the events of two weeks ago have clearly proved um i won't pretend i have anything less than contempt for the sort of people who storm the capital because i do i don't like them i don't like them at all i i dislike what they represent but I won't act like I can't understand even a fraction of the mentality that they're going through. Um, being who I am, a, a large, tall, physically imposing black man, um, I, I basically was born on hard mode every day in my Oh, I forgot to even mention, I also have like mental issues. So that's fun. Um, a large, physically imposing black man with mental issues. My life is on hard mode. I every day, it's a different shit sandwich, and I have to eat it. And eventually, you get tired of eating shit, and you want to be the person making the sandwich. And that's sort of the ideas that these people have, and that's really the ba- the worst possible outcome you can come to wanting to become the oppressor rather than be the oppressed. Because that just continues the cycle rather than fixing uh, what really causes these harms to happen. That's what we really should be focusing on, but that's never been an option, at least not in a true sense, because people have always been focused on, fuck it, when I I get atop the power scale, I'm going to do onto them what they did onto me and that just like they said an eye for eye leaves everyone blind now that that doesn't mean don't hold people accountable for their actions if people do some fucked up shit you they should pray pay the price but like at the end of the day what we really need to focus on is how can we approve it things so that a hundred years from now our children's children are doing better than us. That's that's the end goal. Because human life is finite. Eventually, we're going to shift off this um, mortar coil. But um, progress is the only thing that lasts. Like, we want 
want to make it so that our children are set up well, our grandchildren are set up well, our great-grandchildren are set up well. Um, if we want to be a, a generation that's remembered well for posterity, we sort of have to grapple with these issues. Um, I won't pretend that I have all the answers or that I can solve the problems of America. I'm just a dumb 24 year old. Uh, I'm living my life day to day trying to do the best that I can. But I, as a man growing up in these circumstances, I see all these signs and like you, I can't just ignore it. Um, that's sort of why I had to make this episode just to, we had to talk about these issues. We can't for too long. We just kept our heads in the sand and pretended like nothing was happening. And that's led us to where we are now. Um, to solve a problem, you must first admit that there is a problem. And like I said, this has been something that's been building for a very, very long time. And like, it's not something that we're going to solve in a month, two months, six months, a year, three years, 10 years. It's something that we have to continually work towards. Um, Okay, moving on to my next point. Um, like I said earlier, we have to keep hold people accountable. Uh, these people that attacked the the Capitol felt emboldened, not only because they felt disenfranchised, but because they had people on the inside. They had their Trumps. They had their Lauren Bobberts. They had their Marjorie Greens who literally two days after President Biden uh, was sworn into office, filed articles of impeachment, signaling not only that the GLP won't take any sorts of responsibility for their, their role in leading to this incitement, uh, and, excuse me, their role in inciting this insurrection, but they're also going to actively work to keep Biden from doing what he got elected to do, which was try to tackle all these issues that are currently uh, wrapped up in this country. Um, like wage inequalities, racism, homophobia, transphobia, the, I, I can li- the environment, immigration, like all these things. Uh, there's a lot of issues surrounding America today. Um, and they're not trying to hear shit about fixing it because they don't, they're not there to fix issues. They're there to keep the status quo. That's literally the express, um, mission, of the GLP, they hide behind titles like the law and order party or the traditional party or the, what's, what's, there's a word for, I'm blanking right now. Oh, family values. They, they, they hide behind these sort of words to, to, you know, 
sort of diffuse what their real purpose is. They're here to keep the shitty elites at the top of the mountain. And I won't act like Democrats don't also keep the shitty elites up, up there, but at least they're willing to hand down a few crumbs. Republicans don't want to hand down shit. In fact, they want to take them crumbs that you do have right now and hand it right back to the elites. So, yeah, not a fan. Um, by the way, Marjorie Taylor Greene, who I just mentioned, uh, to give you a sense of how fucked up this country is right now, we have an elected official, several in fact, that have uh, supported QAnon-related conspiracies. Um, like I said earlier when I was explaining, QAnon believes in shit like Trump is fighting a war against a pedophilic child-eating Satanist. That is a real thing that QAnon people believe in. And we currently have one in our capital trying to make laws like for this uh, country to follow. She believes that Trump is our ultimate savior who's going to uh, wipe out all the corruption in the world. Trump, mind you. Trump, the most corrupt person probably to exist. She believes that he's going to drain the swamp. And she wants to bring a gun into the Capitol building, which is illegal. Uh, we're, we're in a lot. Of, we're in deep shit, America. <laughs> we are in deep shit. Uh, but I, I want to sort of uh, oh, by the way, um, if it seems like I'm like bigging up Biden, like oh he's he's our savior. No, I don't, I don't, I don't want to seem like I'm a big Biden supporter. Um, he's not my first or second or third choice for president, but he's the president we got. Um, I'm so starved for normalcy at this point after five years of rampant showmanship, excuse me, rampant showmanship, flaccid fascism, open grifting, and conniving mean-spiritedness, and just general incompetence that we've come to know for the last five years from Trump. Um, I, I'm, just, I'm sick of it. I want some someone who has a sense of dignity. Um, Occupying the the highest office, and Biden has that. So hopefully he doesn't fuck it up any worse than the previous guys did. Um, he definitely didn't waste any time in trying to set up set a tone for his presidency. He literally signed seventeen executive <laughs> orders in his first full day in office. Um, and to be honest. Like I said, we got to start somewhere. So hopefully these executive orders in the next four years that he, of his presidency uh, point things in the right direction. And we, got, we have to at least try to support him um, to see where, see where he's going. If he, he ends up fucking up, we got to try again. Um, there's, there's not much we can do other than that. 
And we got to hold these people who want to take our country in these dark places accountable. We can't just like wash our hands and say, oh, you guys, you, you, you done fucked up. But we forgive you. Um, like I said at the beginning, that's, that led to the shit that we're in now. 150 years ago, they said, oh, you scoundrels, you, you totally try to rip the country apart, but we still love you. And it fucked us 100 years into the future, 150 years into the future. We have to hold these people accountable and uh, elect people who have our best interest in, in heart. And if they don't, we got to get them the fuck up out of there and try again. Try, try, try again until we finally uh, cross that river. Um, I, I apologize for all the ums and ahs and uh, sort of rambling I, I did. I had a script, but I apparently suck at reading from scripts. So a lot of that was... Uh, train of thought ramblings from brought on by the script. Some of it was like me trying to go back to the script and sort of keep put things back on track. But uh, let me know if you enjoyed this. I sort of um, I, this this was pretty fun for me. Um, it, it might not be the best to listen to for you guys in terms of like coherency because like I was bouncing from point to point as I was sort of meandering down the, the path, but um, I, I'm i not, that's the thing about me, you, you get what you get, I'm sort of what I am, um, let me know how I can try to do better for next time, uh, opening the podcast up for suggestions, so hit me up at gyrolashcctory uh, at gmail.com, or I guess... I'm not really, I haven't really been on Twitter, but you can still DM me at jlast20 or uh, hit me up on Instagram or Snapchat at jirelashlynospace. And thank you guys for, you know, being along with me on this journey.